cut over to me and a man equal height sitting in the audience of a circus. Hey, I know that guy. He's my friend. Suddenly, he turns into a 10-foot-tall clown and sucks me into the abyss. Welcome to Jump Cut. Mm. How was that? Wait. (laughs) How was that? Did I do good? I'm I'm asking for your approval. No, you definitely captured the essence of the the story, (laughs) but... I think given that everything is supposed to be like symbolic and shit, are we the giant clown? <laughs> no, 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 no. That was you and I in the audience, dude. That's why I said the guy equal my height. <laughs> and just like, love just like that explanation, neither of us understood the movie. So this will be Hell a good yeah. starting point for our discussion on today's episode of Jump Cut. It's your boy, Leander. And Hashem. I hate that we intro like YouTubers. Like, even though we do the we fancy do. intro, we still no, do the we, shitty. No, we should. We should. No, because... We need, like, a script. You know how be... we have the script at the end? We need a script at the start so that I don't sound like a fucking YouTuber no. every time. No. No. You know, we mentioned <laughs> this before in another episode that Jordan said we should have a script. I think the air of unprofessionalism is key to our podcast. It's what makes us funny. Uh-huh. If we polish it up... We're going to lose our single follower. Our single listener <laughs> is never going to listen again. They're going to be like, oh, man, I know what to expect at the start of this episode. I guess I won't listen. And then, uh-huh. you know, okay. you just lose the novelty. Yeah, exactly. So the thing that pulls no one in is the unprofessionalism. So we can't fix that. Exactly. God forbid exactly. we get a second audience member. I don't want a second audience member. Exactly. Right. I, I have stage fright. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to perform if I knew there was a second person out there listening. <laughs> All right, all right. So, all right. Uh, what movie are we talking about? Yeah, this is an anime film from 2006. I said that in a high-pitched voice because I need to fact-check myself. 2006. 2006, called Paprika. This was a recommendation yeah. for one of my friends, and uh, I'm glad he recommended it because I thought it was like perfectly up my alley of like heady anime shit that I wish I understood more about. Now, I have a few thoughts. I liked it as my like you know temperature check. I want to see what you thought. I thought it was really good. And I'm honestly, I'm a little disappointed in myself for not watching for, it before. For not having seen it before? Yeah. 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 This it's, is one of those movies where the director has a lot of clout in the anime community. And uh-huh. so I just, shame on me for not knowing that this is his last movie. Satoshi Ken, Khan, sorry. Mm-hmm. Because uh, all of his other movies are pretty good. They're pretty good. Yeah. And like, I think it had just like the perfect i thought of like ghost in the shell as the same vein of like um okay let me just use a bunch of other animes to justify my description of this anime (laughs) but i i think that there is this happy medium with having a movie be symbolic while still consumable like having it be Mm -hmm. a pleasant hour and a half to sit through and not like reading a book for english for lack of a better word yeah we talked about that movie angel's egg um, at one point about how it was like inspiration for Hollow Knight and if you try to watch that movie it's extremely dense and not much of substance in terms of realistic plot and characters to follow throughout the movie There's you very no much text. have to extrapolate it's all subtext exactly pretty much that right yeah. and you could say Evangelion kind of had that with its ending but the rest of the show is still pleasant to watch and as long as you give it a little more thought at the end you can follow along right and you know Ghost in the Shell was much more text, but also a lot of subtext under the hood. And like, what was the other one? Akira. Akira, I think, went in more in the subtext direction near the end, but like mostly alien text. It's cool, right? So, okay. 
I I understand the comparison where you're that you're making, and I I don't yeah. necessarily think you're wrong. But where I think this movie stands apart is that it blurs the line very very well between its text and subtext compared to those other uh, shows. I'll say, like if you take Evangelion for example, there is a hard cutoff where you have like a sequential story told beat by beat. You know, it's it's a linear story, and then you get into the subtext subtext at the end. This movie kind of jumps rope between both, if that makes sense. Well, I think the content of the movie is engaging with things that are conventionally subtext. Like, dreams don't necessarily take prominence in a lot of films. They're kind of used as, like, a cheap way of conveying emotions without having the character spell them out for you. But right. them being the mechanism for telling the story makes it text. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's it's just the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, I, I, I agree with you, but that's what I'm saying. I'm saying they're using a... Like, for example, fantasy and, and dreams and um, he has another movie where he talks about movies as well, which is very meta, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, those are used generally in media to have or they're used to convey subtext. In this movie, they're used as the through line of the, the story is what I'm trying to say. And yeah, I'm saying to- it does that well. Totally on board with that, right? Um, yeah. Where I was coming from, that original description was that like there is like a spectrum here of like on one end of being too opaque and difficult to interpret, and then there right. being a happy medium. I think it toes the line with it being a little confusing with how it bounces back and forth between dream and not dream, but in a positive way because the point of the movie is to evoke those emotions in the viewer. So I like would I recommend it to everyone? No, right? I Did I enjoy? Really? Okay, because I think yeah. that like the 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 story itself can get a little like okay, you know like everything everywhere all at once. Yeah. Great movie. Loved it, right? That is another movie I wouldn't recommend to everybody. Because there, wow, there's a lot to swallow. Yeah, like I it's one of my favorite movies, <laughs> like hands down, right? But it's not something I would think that it's like everybody's cup of tea because you have to be okay with the amount of disconnection from reality that that movie takes on. And I felt the same way about the dream sequences in this. It's easy to just see it as like almost like anime vomit on screen, for lack of a better word, for a large portion of it. And it feels like, oh, there's nothing to follow along with. But like underneath is like a clear kind of message and plot that if you just focus on the characters, you can keep relatively aligned. And yeah, I don't know. I just don't think it's for everybody. I I. I, I get what you're saying, but the reason okay, if if we're sticking to everything everywhere all at once, the reason I would recommend that to anybody is because despite the fact that the movie has a lot going on, it's very easy to follow the characters in it. The main character, for example. Yeah. I think this movie is the same case. If and that's why I'm saying I could recommend it to anybody, because if you like trippy ass scenes where things are like, you know, like there's like interesting jumps and interesting cuts and interesting transitions. It does that very well, but it also tells an engaging story and it tells an engaging, I'll say character reflection right. that I think anybody can enjoy. So that's why I'm saying I would recommend it to anybody. I, I, I understand what you mean. Yeah. I just don't think that, you know, <laughs> you can, anybody can find something to enjoy in this movie. It, it's one of those things where I think I'm assuming an audience of more like le- less thoughtful viewing than you are. Like, they're not going to pick up on some of the things that make it kind of evocative in the same way that, like, everything ever all at once, anybody can follow along with because they take time out of the movie to explain the rules and stakes 
they say this is what Tibet, sure. whatever Tibet, Jobu Tebeki will be able to do. This is what she can't. This is the how you activate the whatever. This is how you don't. And Paprika kind of throws you in right from the start of the movie with like, I hope you're keeping up. Like, this is how the machine works. And that's all we're going to give you for the next hour and a half. You have to be able to distinguish when and where these characters are located. So I we can get into it, but I, I understand what you're saying. I, I'm following yeah. along. You're saying the rules of the world aren't necessarily explained properly or as well as they should be. But no, we can, no, 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 we can get no, 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 I'm not, I'm not saying they're, they're not explained as well as they should be. It's just that they aren't explained. Like it's an analytical statement okay, and not okay. a, like a judgment yeah. that that is a bad call because I think what's right. That's is, right. Yeah. Yeah. The, what I think of as the, the movies like kind of not message. I, I hate to use the word message because it kind of applies like that. There is some like thesis statement to the thing, but like the subject is about this merging between G- dreams and reality. Right. And I think that the fact that the movie doesn't provide the clear distinction is what lends credence to the idea that um, in between is a good way to exist in the world. That like a clear cut distinction isn't necessarily, um, I don't know, like what an human ideal is. I don't know. We're getting too heady too early. This is still we'll get into spoilers it. and everything, but let, yeah, let's let's get into it. Let's get into it. Um, so hold I on, guess... just while we're on the topic of anime, yeah. damn that new stuff, cyberpunk is pretty good. <laughs> really? Okay, I'm glad. I'm glad you're liking it. I'm not done yet, but I did want to, you know, put that put that out there that Leander gave his recommendation. It's also Studio Trigger, which is mm-hmm. which is nice. So, you know, everybody go watch it. It's uh, well, I don't know if everybody. It's extremely gory. Um, but good. I liked it. it <laughs> I have... I don't want to, like, taint your appreciation of it. It's very good, and it made me start playing Cyberpunk again and gave me an appreciation for the amount of world building in that game, like, way, way more than I noticed it the first time. It's kind of right. like a bunch of take-it-for-granted things, but that world established so much lore. For a brand-new IP, it's really, really impressive, and it's kind of a shame that the game was as buggy as it was because it was underappreciated like i know it had this big release everybody knew about it but i felt like it slipped under everybody's radar with how like they kind of tripped over the release and if you do have time and you have a nasa computer that can run it you should definitely (laughs) check out cyberpunk because like it actually is a really like substantial and great game i i'm enjoying it so far and i like want to stop recording now so i can go play it and i woke up early to play it today and i went to bed late playing it last night and i haven't really felt like that in a long time but i don't know the story is just like this the characters are just so like compelling and the world is so cool to me so essentially you it's the arcane effect you the arcane effect has taken place yet again yes Yeah. yeah what can i say bro we're big fans of shows based on video games <laughs> if you take six months from now and then revisit this i will be having the same as the arcane effect where i hate league now and if i play it it makes me sad and it just evokes sadness in me and ranked is a place where you go to cry oh it's so it's so uh yeah hard stuck <laughs> bronze baby that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> I do like that on the Paprika box art that I see on IMDb, the the tagline for the movie to like pitch on the poster is "This is your brain on anime." I think that that's, that's like really such a pull. funny. It's really funny. That's yeah. really funny. 
especially because of i think this movie is known for being as trippy as it is and like difficult imagery and i'm sure like we're not gonna have this thorough analysis on from just like single viewing once a week ago about right but like there is probably a lot to unpack about the imagery used in the dream sequences and more of the trippy stuff that like can explain character emotions and things like that that we are not going to have discussions about but so did you watch this subbed please tell me you watched this subbed subbed yes yeah yeah like i read the english okay yeah I don't know yeah, if they, I, I didn't. Sure. I didn't find a dub anywhere. I mean, but I don't know. But yeah, it's paprika. Oh wait, what? I thought you were gonna. Was that not leading into something? You were just like, no. Please I was me. just. I mean, you did it right. You know, if you had so watched there was it, dubbed, there was no argued. follow up. You were just gonna say that if I'd watched it yes. dubbed, I was yes. not, I was subhuman. Okay. Yes. 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 Exactly. Well, exactly. I don't. Why? Listen. Why do anime people feel the need to die on this hill? Like they've never looked well, away from a screen in okay. all of the twelve years they've spent watching two, Naruto. Two reasons. Two reasons. There's like an actual reason, and then there's like a joke reason. Okay, know? the voice acting is the only reason. Yes, the voice acting. Okay, the what's the other reason? In English, no, no, no. no. Tell me, tell me the bad. other voice. Tell me the other reason. You know, it's just like <laughs> you just want to be immersed in the culture. You know what I mean? Immersed you want to experience the, the media. <laughs> this is some Asian exoticism, if I've ever heard. Oh, one hundred percent, bro. That's why I never take this. This is not a take that I take seriously. Whenever somebody's like, "Oh, I like to experience it," like the. Like the Japanese experience. It's like, what are you talking about, bro? You don't speak Japanese. Uh-huh. If you spoke so Japanese, it's just voice I get acting, it. Then. It is just the voice acting. And that that is totally fair. Like I'm I'm on board with that being a reason that it just sounds better and will less like throw you out of it than hearing some of the goofy child voice actors they have for like uh this shoujin shows or whatever. Is this shoujin? Shonen. Am I saying that right? Shonen. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Um but I don't know. This movie didn't have that problem because I did not find a dub anywhere. And nor do I try to look away from anime films. I can usually dedicate that amount of attention. But if I'm like watching a season of an anime, chances are I'll throw on the dub at some parts because I could just look away from the screen to like cook something or whatever. I get that. I get that. Respect. You're wrong, but you know. (laughs) Did you watch Arcane subbed or dubbed? Oh, I actually watched it (laughs) subbed. In the original English. <laughs> All right, so let's get into paprika. What are your what's your temperature check, dog? How'd you feel? I liked it a lot, and I I think I mentioned already, but um, I like his other movies, and so I think it's a shame that I haven't seen this one, and so I want to go back and catch up on the other ones as well, just to you know, just to flex, just yeah, to know I- that I'm part of the in in the anime community. Yeah, and I guess you already mentioned that like you recommend it to everybody. So if you yeah. haven't seen it, go see it. Okay, I feel the same yeah. way. I don't think there is a caveat I would cut out for anybody not willing to watch it, aside from the fact that it's anime and it's thoughtful. So you will have to pay attention. If you stop paying attention, you will be confused. That That is my only carve out. But it's a great movie, and I thoroughly recommend it. It's, cool. it's, also, it's also a tight 90 minutes. So It is a much, tight like... 90 minutes. It is not demanding of your time. It is No, like, not at all. In and out, they introduce characters, fucking bang smack in the middle of shit. It's like, yeah, you're, yeah, you, you. That's what I'm saying. You got to pay attention though, because if you, if you don't, there's, you might as well have not watched it because there's a lot coming at you all the time. Yeah. All right. So, uh, do you want to give a quick plot summary, just to get started? I I'm gonna try. I'm yeah. gonna try. Um. Basically, it's it's like. A, a machine for uh, dream therapy gets invented and you can go into like other people's dreams. Right. But then a guy steals it and like starts hacking into people's brains. 
and like taking over their dreams and they like start killing themselves and shit. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, you find out that it was actually the chairman of the program, spoiler alert, that was the one that hacked into the dreams because he wants to meld the dream and the real world so he can become like a god or some shit. Also, yeah. I don't know. There's like anime fights and shit, but not really. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's like pretty much it. But there's a lot of like it that almost doesn't do justice to all the weird like characters yes. stuff that goes on with like yes. individuals who are dream therapists or studying the technology behind the dream therapy machine and their relationships with one another are kind of explored through this thing of like how I guess the subconscious has different emotions than the conscious and like the conscious yeah. has it's almost like that old um you know like all the beginner philosophy stuff about the id the ego and the super ego yeah yeah, I feel like it kind of touches on that stuff about how, like, you're the conscious being that's in the real world has such different concerns than the emotional being in, like, your dream world who just does but, things because they feel right. So here's here's the, the thing that I I agree with you 100 percent. But I think what yeah. makes the movie so interesting is is that um, every character that we see, their perception of who they are is the same in the dream world versus in the real world, if that makes sense. So the detective looks the same as the detective in the dream. So does the ch- the chief. So does the... What's the guy's name? The the fat guy that invented the machines. They look uh, the same in the dream world versus the reality, whereas the main character, Paprika, yeah. does not look the same. She has an alter ego in the dream world and... Like, there's reasonings for why it is, but when you first watch the movie, I always thought it was because she can, like, she knows she's in a dream. So she has a mm-hmm. conception that she has specific powers in the dream, and it turns out later on that that's not actually the case. Oh, wait. What do you mean by that? Like, what do I mean by it's not actually the case? Yeah, yeah. Like, wait, you think that she has powers, or did they mention that she had powers or something? I never thought no, that. No, but you you don't... Like, for example, the only people that you see displaying feats within the dream world mm. or having control over the dream world are Paprika and the chairman, the old guy, and then the the other young guy that whose body he wants to take over. I forget his name. Everybody's right. name is very, you know, foggy <laughs> in my head. I, I straight up don't remember the main character's name either, to be honest with you. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, I, I think it's so Onasai Osanai? No, Osanai? Dr. Morio Osanai is the researcher who helps the evil guy, Inui. And okay, then you got so Shiba, the, the main guy. character, Takeda, the love interest of the main character, and then the detective is Shima. Or no, that's the chief. Wait, no. Sorry, Shima's the, the little guy. Is Konakawa? Kona, Konakawa. Konakawa is, yeah. is the. I remember yeah, that one because it comes up a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the names aren't said very much. Yeah, I, I'm definitely looking no, at an IMDb thing right now. So, <laughs> but the reason what I'm saying is that the only ones that you see to have special powers in the dreams are the ones who who recognize it's a dream. But the only difference is the chief and Osanai still look the same in the dream world. Uh, Chiba doesn't. She has an alter ego, Paprika. Right. And so. At the end, you find out that the reason why she has that alter ego is because she's not being true to herself in the real world, and she's not coming to terms with her feelings for Takeda. That's an interesting analysis, and I think that that is maybe the intention and went completely over my head. 
Well, I never <laughs> thought of like I she's for real. No, 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 for real. I never thought of the idea okay. of paprika being different as being like Chiba's manifestation of suppressed emotions. Like the idea of them joining in my head was her realization that they should be closer to one another. Like, you know, the emotions being like, but I never thought like the idea of it being repressed wasn't something that came up in my thoughts. I, if that makes sense. Well, okay. No, I I totally get it. But the reason I say that is because even throughout the movie, she says how she hasn't had a chance to sleep and dream her own dreams in a while. So she hasn't had a chance to experience whatever uh, is in the back of her mind the same way everybody else is. Whenever she's sleeping, she's chances are she's showing up in other people's dreams as paprika. And so at the right. end, when she gets swallowed by the giant robot, Tokita, she gets to actually dream what she wants to, and she dreams about her feelings for Tokita. And that's when Paprika's like, oh, shit, guess we got to add some Paprika, and then she jumps into his body. That's That's interesting, because, like, I think what I thought of as the realization of the ending is that like there is value gained from blending the like wants of a dream and the the reality of the real world like uh, even from their attitudes right like i kind of think of it 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 wasn't like a suppressed thing that one is better than the other because the whole point of her becoming this conjoined version of paprika and chiba is that like that clone or whatever that emerges and kills inui in some anime fight at the end is like not really mix between the, yeah, yeah yeah but it's like a mix between the two characters right yeah like the hair and the style and the body like all that stuff is supposed to be this mix of the two which is like i kind of interpreted it as being like paprika's wistful attitude married with the idea that work and whatever is primary to life is still important and so like i but I never thought of it as repressed. Like, I never thought of Paprika as the result of neglecting a side of Chiba. But that is an interesting thought. I think the only thing I would I, take away from it is that I think there are other characters who manifest or, like, exhibit signs that they're repressing other things. Like, Osanai's, like, just insane lust for Chiba to, like, a creepy, problematic extent is, like, not really manifested aside from the actual time he does it into any physical difference you know what i mean in the dreams versus wait what do you what do you mean can you elaborate i'm saying like it really doesn't explain why paprika is so physically different like in an appearance way and an attitude way if other characters exhibit this like two-faced behavior in the movie you know what well, I mean? Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying the other characters, it's not about behavior. It's about coming to terms with what your true emotions are. Right. So the only other character that you see that happen to is uh, the detective, Konakawa, where he comes okay. to, to terms with the, I guess you could say, shame or guilt that yeah. he feels from not finishing the movie with his friend. So he feels responsible or not necessarily responsible for his death, but he feels like he let him down. Right. So when he comes to terms to that, he stops having a reoccurring dream. So what what I'm trying to say is because um, Chiba doesn't get the chance to dream her own dreams, she doesn't have a chance to come to terms or face any emotions that she's feeling in her subconscious. So mm-hmm. at the very end, when she, when she gets to dream her own dream, she starts dreaming about Tokita. And she's like, yeah. 
She comes to terms with her emotions. I'm not saying they're repressed. I'm saying she just wasn't able to face them before. Right. When she okay. does, Paprika's like, all right, I'm a peace out. Thanks for coming, <laughs> y'all. Yeah, I think that that is probably like, yeah, I, I, I think that that is like the correct interpretation. I think that's what they were trying to evoke. But, but again, it's no, all like, I don't know. I will, I'm going to say that I don't necessarily know if that's what they were going for. That's just what I interpreted. Because well, at it, the end, it clearly like, is some yeah. melding between the two, right? Whether that yeah, is conscious course. or subconscious, like Ch- Chiba is actually happy and pleased with her life, and is less like, I guess, abrasive than at the start when she embraces the fact that she likes Takeda. Takeda, yeah. And I think that 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 is emblematic of something that is involving like Paprika's attitude influencing her like awake mind, you know. And it not yeah. being a dream anymore. And like, I, but to an extent, it's like, there, there's a part of me that thinks that it's like, it, maybe the interpretation you could take is that Paprika was much more willing to accommodate new people and join teams and connect with others. It, but like, Chiba doesn't exhibit the same way. She's very yeah. like, standoffish and close. Reserved. Right. So even aside from like the emotional thing, awake Chiba could have had the same emotions, but I think the willingness to embrace another human being is something that is gained by marrying with like Paprika. But like, I don't know, it's all getting very into like subjective analysis of like the 10 minutes that isn't really, uh, you know, emblematic of the rest of the movie, because I think there's a lot of other stuff that's interesting. I don't know. I, I personally think that it's a it's a theme that shows up throughout the rest of the movie. Uh-huh. When we're first introduced to Takeda, he takes up the entire frame. And, you know, we're seeing things from Chiba's perspective. Right. So we might not necessarily see or we might not necessarily know how she feels about him just yet because she's being, you know, abrasive and she's calling him a slob and all that shit. But yeah. he literally takes up her entire field of view. He is, she, he is the only thing that she can see, you know? Right. The first thing she does, the first act that we see her do as a as an awake person is help him, right? Mm. And so she spends the entire... They also spend the entire movie talking about how he's like... He's a genius, but he's also very childish. He's very whimsical. He's, he's like stuck in the clouds and shit. And you see those same characteris- characteristics displayed in Paprika. So I think the through line is there for the rest of the movie that the repression that she has to facing her emotions is why Paprika is the way that she is. It's the sort of person that she wants, that Chiba wants to be in the awake world so that she can come to terms with her feelings for Takeda. I know you're not exactly saying this, but like, I don't know if I entirely agree with like the idea that Paprika is like this goal or that she's aspiring to be, because I think like in my head, Paprika is just the result of a lot of emotions manifesting themselves in the dream world. I don't necessarily think that it's it's the merging of the two that's important because to say that like chiba was one way like she's good at her job and she's good with people and she's good with the detective and professional and that those are not kind of portrayed as aspects of her that are bad it's quirks of her personality right but we only get to see that the emotional part of her that cares for paprika and like loves her job i don't know whatever other things like actually only comes out when she realizes that it's worthwhile pulling those aspects of paprika into her conscious being. I agree. I agree 100%. I, I'm not, I think this might've come off as me saying that it's either paprika or Chiba, 
I'm right. saying paprika is who Chiba aspires to be more like. That's so a good at the point. end when you yeah. merge both, you have both qualities, so to speak. Right. But I totally like you can understand aspire to be someone without yeah. taking their entire personality. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Cool. Yeah. So, what did you what think did you... of the? Uh... I was going to ask about the animation. If you, if you... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, it was good. Haven't seen yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen a movie in a long time that has been so. I guess curated with its animation, like it's it's very. Yeah. I, I'm I haven't looked into it. I haven't looked into like the technology used behind it, but yeah. it looks hand drawn and feels hand drawn and feels like I'm watching like one of the, like the Studio Ghibli films with the amount of detail and kind of like personality that is in all the animations of like the characters dancing in the carnival ballad or whatever the parade like all, all of that feels very comfortable <laughs> i don't know how to put it comforting yes okay i i i get what you're saying yeah i think there's i would i would personally make a distinction between this style of animation and the ghibli style of animation okay um and i think it's it's primarily the cuts between scenes more than anything else mm-hmm uh, but I, I totally understand by like it's it's like it's very smooth. It's very pleasing to the eyes to see the animation here and in Ghibli films. I also yeah. think that this guy like Satoshi Khan is pretty inspired by Miyazaki. So it's not like out of the realm of reason to think that he's like, maybe I should emulate this a little bit. Yeah. And I think it's it's one of those like you know when you can tell that because like artists run the world and you could tell when an artist has been given free reign to do something. Yeah. Like you saw it with Arcane and Fortiche. You see it in the cyberpunk anime in certain parts. You see it in like certain episodes of big TV shows, Futurama, Bojack, yeah. whatever. Right. Where like it, it, whatever they want to put on screen, whatever they want to symbolize, they're totally allowed to. And like some of the imagery that's in this movie of how they're kind of showing the sequence of falling through dreams, running through the hallway, all the like, uh, when that moment when Chiba hops a railing that's like waist high and over like a building and like falls into the dream world is like, they're, they're just so, yeah. you could tell that was done with like love, I guess, which is such a shitty, yeah. weird, like subjective thing to say without knowing anything behind the scenes about it. For all I know, it's one of those like, torture dungeons of anime studios i hear about where they like barely feed them and expect like three shows episodes a, a day or something animated i but, think like, it, it doesn't feel that i way. think the word i i get it i think the word i would use is not necessarily love i'd say it was done with care in that yeah. everybody involved wanted to give out the best product i don't actually know if it was some people would have probably been miserable on i don't know what do you call it set studio Right. Yeah, like, that that's kind of what I'm saying, right? Like, a big asterisk on the actual reality of it all, right? Yeah. But, like, it's hard to knock that the product is definitely very thoughtful with what it shows on screen and how it shows things. Like, the imagery yeah. behind all the different characters at the end and how they, or how they act and the things they say when they're kind of losing their mind being taken over by the parade is, like... It, it's it's hard not to feel a certain way even even how they carry themselves and the way they animate the movements of the characters when they're under that influence or part of the parade is like sharp and smooth in a weird 
way that I, like I I just really enjoyed watching. I think uh, I'm really glad you brought up the parade because I think that's one of the points that highlights the animation so uh well. Yeah. Every single piece or every single toy or every single object I should say because there's a fucking uh Statue of Liberty in there is moving right. at its own rhythm in the parade. Yeah. So I uh, it makes sense it's supposed to add to like the whimsy and nonsensicalness of the whole sequence but it also shows that they animated every individual piece at its own pace if that makes sense. Yeah, they gave it all character that way that like it's 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 meant to evoke that like feeling of chaos, like dream logic not making sense, a yeah. lot of things happening on screen and like it does it in a really really good way, like effective way. Because even it's not like they're not capable of making these like scenes look good in isolation so they're trying to like yeah over like the the scene of him running down the hallway and the like rug slipping out from under him as he like loses that's like eerie you know and it's meant to feel Wait. eerie oh yes 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 uh, the detective sorry. the detective Ka- yeah Kanakawa. yeah so like when that's happening you can kind of the emotions are being evoked. The animations are delivered. It's still using that smooth sort of style, but done in a way that makes you feel kind of like off kilter. And yeah. you could tell that it's completely different from the style they're using of like the same smooth animation, the same like feeling like I can't, I can't speak to it. Cause I'm not, I don't know shit about animation, but it felt smoother than the regular, whatever 24 or 12 FPS that anime is usually rendered at, but like that the rest of the real life uses. It's almost like so, they're sped up and swimmy. I uh, I get it. I uh, I actually watched a bit of a breakdown, not specifically on this movie, but on all of Khan's disco- discography. What the fuck, filmography? Right. He's not a he's not a, a rapper. <laughs> well, you just um, haven't heard the album yet. It's I guess not. Eh? Any day now. I think yeah. Um, <laughs> what I'm understanding is that he does a lot of stuff specifically in cuts and in scene transitions where he uses less frames that than regular animation would if that uh-huh. makes sense so it's still fl- it's still playing at 24 frames per second but he speeds the scene along and cuts in the middle to convey uh, information faster if that makes sense I, that's why it looks give like an example of what that might look like yeah like um there's a scene where you know when when Konakawa falls in the tent? Uh-huh. Yeah, so that scene as far as I understand it's it's like a couple of seconds long, but he doesn't use 24 frames for each second. He uses less, but he's still playing it at 24 frames a second. So it looks jarring and sort of off-kilter, if that makes sense. I see. Okay, so it's like the the actual mechanism for the animation is used in conveying the story, which is always like yeah. a good sign and kind of like what we talk about in literally every episode about using the medium to its advantages and disadvantages. Yeah. Like, and, and maybe that's just the like par for the course for animation. But I think when you notice it and when it does successfully evoke those emotions, it's worth calling out. I agree. Yeah, I agree. So, I, And I definitely felt that like, there's 
there's like this sense that's built with the parade that it's it's not menacing right it's a dream it you know it doesn't have an effect i don't on know you and it's just like that but it's yeah right you you saying i don't know it means that you're on board with what i'm about to say yeah. it's meant to feel overwhelming it's meant to feel yeah. like nothing is matching up with one another the twos and threes or whatever of the animation is not aligned with one so it's not all moving in unison it's not all moving in, it's chaos right and the fact that it's so big and it's growing and it's coming at you most of the time it's on screen means that it's like kind of yeah meant... you never see it from the side yeah it's meant to make you feel this like scared feeling yeah but it's a parade and they're all happy and they're all swimming and they're all smiling and they're like having fun and, but it's it, it, i don't know it like toes this line that's just like so cool to me and like the the way that this it, i don't know i'm usually not a fan of like older movies because they generally look worse and that's just objectively true it's not a taste thing they are no it's 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 uh no no no, no. i can't be wrong no 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 you are wrong you are <laughs> there are certain older movies that have you watched the castle of cagliostro i have not okay that's but i've go heard on the of list that. for us to watch it's the Has... first movie that hayao miyazaki directed and it's a masterpiece it's a fucking arsene lupin movie it's like lupin the third anime movie I t- and it's i don't phenomenal. know at all of any of the things you just said it's it's whatever it's fine the movie's good and it's really good it's really old it's <laughs> okay. like from the 80s or some shit yeah and uh i think it still holds up uh, like very very well okay that's fair i, I i'm just saying as, in terms of my preference was objectively true is that old <laughs> animation is generally not my thing <laughs> i think Okay, the thing is, is like, I don't necessarily know if the animation techniques are, are too different. and It's probably the style. People look, things look fuzzier in old anime, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like less precise and like, I've, I've, I've never liked, like, you, okay, I, that you could tell when scenes have attention put into them in older anime stuff, because there's like, yeah. Obviously, when they're in a hallway or something like that and they're talking, like, I'm very aware of the fact that they're not moving or they're just lip dubbing or the guy raises his hands at, like, 2 FPS. And it's not to say that they're lazy. That's, like, a shitty thing, right? But, like, in between artists and in between animations, we're less a priority. And I think it's just, like, more of a standard now that I kind of expect an animation to look much more smooth, even if it's anime. I'm not expecting, like, 60 FPS or some shit, but, like the the deliberateness of making every scene feel as important as the previous regardless of what's being said on screen is kind of something i like notice but this felt like like i was saying like consistent the entire way through it was deliberate the entire way through and maybe it's because it's a like a movie that you could package up and draw borders around and not like a tv show where it's like ah some weeks well they're all on vacation this week sorry so you're getting like a flashback episode slop. with a slop. one single room. <laughs> slop. <Yeah>. Slop. <laughs> Goku's Kamehameha doesn't even look the same today. <laughs> we just replayed the last episode, but you can't tell because it's Dragon Ball Z. He's been charging the spirit bomb for four seasons. It's fine. Have you... Sorry, just to... I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I think a really good example of this is uh, seasonal anime versus long-running series okay so the reason i bring that up is for example demon slayer everybody always touts demon slayer as having 
really good animation. And it does. The show is mm-hmm. very, very pretty to look at. There's not a single frame that, in my opinion, looks looks bad. But that's also because it's it's released as a single season. So they have time right. to work on the next season before they get to it. And once they release it, chances are that it's a finished product. Right. With shows like Naruto when that was coming out or One Piece or Dragon Ball, the the episodes come out week to week. And there's right. no there's no breaks, excuse me. So you know, if there's any fall away in quality, like you said, everybody's on vacation. Sorry mm-hmm. guys, we can't bring the whole animation squad to work on this shit. Yeah. Um but yeah. And 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 that's see it's a shitty thing to say too because it's not like the quality is inherently worse, right? But it's it is. just like well it's hard to say because it's not like more frames make it better. I'm not saying the smoother Dude, it looks the better, no, right? It's but not it's even the, about it's the, the thoughtfulness behind what's being put on screen, right? It's when not, things it's are moving and the, th- the realism of it. No, nah, fuck the thoughtfulness. Some <laughs> brain dead episodes of Dragon Ball Z look beautiful to this day. Yet you compare some of the episodes, some of the earlier episodes of Dragon Ball Super, and I truly, truly cannot stomach any of that shit. It looks <laughs> awful. His eyes aren't on the same like plane. I don't know what I'm looking at. Anyway, I don't want to start talking about Dragon Ball Z right now because no one whatever, it's talk- fine. You brought up Dragon Ball Z. I did bring it up. I did, I did. <laughs> I did. I it's because um b- because like in my opinion that's the best example of a comparison, like a one-to-one comparison because right. you have the Dragon Ball like super movies and then you have the Dragon Ball super anime. So when the movies came out, everybody was like, "Oh shit, maybe we should revive Dragon Ball." So then they restarted the series right after Dragon Ball Z and then they reanimated the movies into into anime episodes, but with a different animation like crew and under the same animation budget as a weekly episode. So some of the early episodes of Dragon Ball Super are absolute dog shit. Like <laughs> insanely terrible. It's so bad to look at. And what makes it even worse is that you have a direct one-to-one comparison to compare the exact same shot, the exact same beat to something to better. The movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> That's so funny. That's why I brought it up. I love that. Yeah, I think anyway, it's, we were talking it, about paprika. <laughs> yeah, paprika. I mean, it's it's there's a lot of probably contributing factors. We're used to higher resolution now than the anime yeah. of old and whatever. There's there's a lot there. Even like the audio design, like our actual foley work and like whatever. Um, what is that called? Localization, where they like make it sound like it's in a hallway, make it sound like standards are different for all that as well. Uh, I'm going to shut up. We talked about this during the Ghibli episode, so I don't want to bring it up again. Okay, but that's fine. The, I don't know what you're talking about, yeah. but mention it. Just drop a little small reference sure. to it. I hate, I hate the American localization for a lot of Ghibli and anime movies. For some yeah, reason, they're bad. <laughs> they are bad. And I'm not even talking about like the sub and the dub. That's, that's fine with me, like the English uh, voiceovers. Some right. scenes are silent in the original Japanese release because it's supposed to convey an atmospheric whatever. You have Ash the sound him, of the wind. Americans are what? stupid and they need constant, <laughs> constant, just like input of information. I could say that I'm an American now. And like, it's just like, it's true. If, I, if I'm, if, if the subway is quiet, I hear my thoughts for too long. I'm going to lose my mind. There's no way I need, I need <laughs> constant noise all the time. I'm, purely headphones on podcasting to suppress the demons from deep within that's just how it is hell yeah 
hell it's a culture of yeah, isolation. I'm glad you're on the same page. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I do agree. I though. don't think like, this I, movie has that, by the way. The oh, what like the localized sound? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's uh, I, I feel like the standard. Maybe it is there to some extent, and because I'm not like an audio engineer, I'm not like picking up on the cues of it all. But like, I think that it's easy to one to one to something released like last year or even like the latest season of Attack on Titan and shit like that, and see yeah. how it holds up and how it doesn't. But that doesn't make the movie not worth seeing, nor the story, nor the whatever from being worthwhile. Like, honestly, it felt like a precursor to things like, I mean, it was clearly released afterwards, but like uh, The Little Prince, almost. Like, the same sort of message. And I always love that message, you know, of like preserving childhood wonder. Adulthood is not about suppressing emotions, resisting happiness and feeling. And I don't know. So... I really, really... Have you watched any of his other movies? Nope. I think you should, if I'm honest. I don't know if I want to recommend one for the next episode. Uh, that's fine. I'm going to be honest, man. You picked a banger of a movie. Like, I am <laughs> struggling to come up with something to even remotely compete. That's so funny. I like that I set a bar. I need to hit you with another emoji for, for oh you to my put you God, back in your bro. place. <laughs> so you can start your real recommended. Like, Hashem has a notepad right now that's like, Minions 1, Minions 2, Minions Rise of Group. I was going to recommend Paddington. <laughs> <laughs> he's looking like he got a bunch of shitty wrecks, and he's like, I can't do this. I would be a dick. I think that's so funny. Yeah. But, I, I, um, I picked it because it, it was a recommendation that had been given to me from someone whose like opinions I respect and wanted to actually give some thought to the film and like materialize my thoughts in a real way rather than like, oh, it was good over like a Discord DM or something like that. Yeah. So So you're gonna send yeah. them this episode? Yeah, which is so not that I'm thinking about it kind of a shitty like instead of me having a discussion with you about whether or not you like the film, I'm just gonna send you a link to me talking to someone else about the film you recommended to me. You Maybe have it's a bad I'm such a shitty nope, person. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> you have officially made it as a podcaster. I turned I turned No thought <laughs> No thought can be unrecorded. That's all I'm gonna say. Every single movie I watch now, complete silence. I don't even talk I, to my sister about it. <laughs> I turned an isolated conversation into content for literally our audience of zero. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. What compels me to do this? But I, honestly, it's also just like this podcast has always been a mechanism for forcing myself to watch movies, and it has been on my to do list for far too long. Plus, you like anime, gets your rocks off. So I figured it'd be a good. Fit. Yeah, it does. It definitely gets my rocks off, especially <laughs> anime titty, bro. Hell yeah. Okay, well that brings up the rape scene in this movie, which yeah, is less than not enjoyable. A great scene. No, and the characters are, like despicable, and I'm glad they show it as such. But it is hard to watch. Like I guess it's an indication of good animation, good storytelling. But fuck, man, it's like I think big asterisk. Sorry. Probably a trigger warning worth at the top of the episode that we didn't include. But whatever, we missed it. I, it's like I mean, no one's listening nothing... at this point. I'm gonna say we're we're in the clear because technically nothing explicit happens. But yes, trigger still content wise. Yeah, it's yeah. not it's not yeah. like the best thing. Yeah, which, I will which say sucks, though, and it, it makes me like have to asterisk recommending this movie even further. It, it kind of didn't occur to me when I was talking about it at the top of the show because it's been a little bit, but yeah. I would say that it's fine. And the reason I say that is because I don't think the movie glorifies it. Now, obviously, your own experiences with the movie will definitely differ if if you know you watch that scene and it's it's distasteful for sure 
Right. But what I'm saying is like, it's it's not it's not. It's done a content warning. Like what I'm saying is like you have to content warning. Yeah. It, right. Yeah. 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 And that gives away like this element of the film that is meant to take you by surprise. And yeah, like whether or not it's done in a good way is totally subjective, right? Like I can't speak to it, but like in terms of what it evoked, it did its job. The gruesomeness it, it showed, and like the actual something about the visual of like it, for those who haven't seen it, like part of it is the idea of him removing her clothes was not removing her clothes; it was him like tearing the skin off of Paprika and revealing Chiba underneath. So, like, tearing away the subconscious, revealing the conscious, because he's, like, materially into her for her attractiveness, not for, like, who she is, right? And that whole imagery is good and effective. Hard to watch, <laughs> you know? That, that's, I, all I'm, that's all I'm saying. It, like, it kind okay. of hampers a little... It's it's challenging. I have some thoughts on this, and, right. and you, you got to bear with me a little bit. Uh-huh. I think that... A lot of the times in these romance movies, um, the the male character, for example, seeing the real female character or female love interest is always seen as a positive, if that makes sense. Right. They tear away their facade to like see the real them. You know, the glasses come off the the girl in the, <laughs> yeah, all the rom com yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you yeah, know what okay. I mean. Yeah, yeah. So you see the real them. You see her painting uh, paint all over her. <laughs> the real nose. them is the one covered in make- makeup and wearing nice exactly. clothes. Exactly. Yeah, all that Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Not even an anime. This... this is just like a romance. Yes, movie, yes. And yeah, I'm yeah. saying a romance cliche. In yeah, this yeah. movie, it's played off as a negative. Him forcing her to reveal her true self, air quotes, is not a good yeah. thing. Because he does it against her will. She doesn't feel comfortable enough to reveal to take off the facade, essentially. All, all of that is and true, I, I but it, it also it also does it from a narrative sense of the fact that he doesn't care about the real her. Like, he is looking at the... Like, there is nothing more real than having someone subconscious in your hands, right? Having access yes. to that. Like, But he yeah. doesn't care about that. What he's reaching for is the material skin and bone version of the woman he wants. Like, he... And that... Yeah. My like, boy I, just wants to bust. That's... Sorry. Uh, I'm totally I'm totally on board <laughs> with this idea that she is like 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 it's meant to send a message, it's meant to communicate something to the audience, it's meant to tell us about the character and it's done effectively. I just think yeah. you're going to have to have this like asterisk on any movie with tough imagery. And and it's yeah. not just this one. Like you can have other movies that have you, like you oh, have to yes, have content yes, warnings I... for that are still very good and I'll still recommend them and it's not like I'm going to lose a point from Paprika because of it, but it's worth calling out. As like I something agree. the movie I agree. has, yeah. Yes, I agree. I I was I was making the so after the trigger warning is I thought the scene was was evocative enough and yeah. it was a subversion of the general expectations. Which is why I'm glad we talked about it because it's not something that yeah. you just like. If somebody were to say that it's just the oh the rape scene and then it goes or like the assault scene and then it like it's not meant to just be a like anecdote of the movie like the way vomit is in like uh what's that shitty singing movie with the cup song i forgot pitch perfect yeah pitch perfect (laughs) where it's like that's a fine movie but there's vomit so i'll always remove two points from it because it doesn't add anything to the film but the meaning of this scene and the whole there's like actual substance there text and subtext and subtext that's crazy (laughs) Um, All right. I uh, one more thing I wanted to touch on is, I I think 
the reason I brought up the rest of his his filmography before, by the way, is because I think he plays a lot with the idea of blurring fantasy and reality, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. So I think in this movie, he does it with dreams. And then in his other movies, I don't want to spoil it, but he does it with a lot of with different aspects, I'll say. So I really recommend that if you get the chance to watch like Perfect Blue and mm-hmm. uh, what's the other one? Millennium, Millennium, Millennium Actress. Actress. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. So, you know, check them out. <laughs> I think they, yeah, they're definitely like on my sort of to-do list of eventual movies. Everybody has one or just keeps growing and maybe you'll someday pick it off. But yeah, okay. I, I didn't, I didn't know. Now, I'm going to pick it. <laughs> I didn't actually know anything <laughs> about this uh, director in the first place. It was more like it was just a recommendation I got that looked yeah. interesting and up your alley. Plus, I like recommending movies that we haven't seen. So why don't we get to the part where you recommend a movie that we both seen so we could rewatch? Oh it. no, no, no! <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna. <laughs> Shit! No, don't change it. Damn don't it. change it. Just because I called my shot doesn't mean you have to change it. How could Fine. if you change it now? Then you're just abiding by this like clear bait that I set out for you. <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. All right. Oh, the cuts let's are rate great. It first. I just want to put... rate it first. Hold we on. I, w- I wanted to put this. I want to put this out there again. The cuts yeah. are great. We already talked about it, but I do not think it got enough emphasis in this episode. Mm-hmm. Holy shit! Holy shit! That scene at the start where she like cuts away into the guy that's like skateboarding, and she comes out of his shirt. Not yeah. immediately. <laughs> it's very cool. The transitions are very interesting. Yeah. All right. So give it a rating. What's the item? DC minis. DC minis. All right. Well, it was my movie, so I'll go first. I'm going to give it a 10, 10 out of 12. 10 out of 12. I I would agree. It is a 10 out of 12. I was, I was almost leaning 9 For and once. a half. Of course you it's, were. It's a, it's, a tight, it's a tight 90, dog. Like, that almost gets to the whole point because it doesn't waste my time. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Anyway. All right. Um, so, hold on. Uh, hit us Just with the next very one. quickly. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I we have to levy some criticism to justify giving it a ten when we've been talking this movie up for the last fifty minutes. Right. I think some of the character work could use some 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 work. That's yeah. it. I'm gonna leave it. They, they flesh out they flesh out very few of the characters. Yeah. But the ones that they do, like I, I think you have the relationship between uh forgot his name already and forgot her name already. Main characters. <laughs> <laughs> main character and main characteress. Right, you have them like extremely fleshed out, Chiba and Takeda, but like, or even even actually, Kanakawa gets a lot of attention. I would say those are the three. Actually, no, but even even Shima gets a lot of attention. His relationship with Chiba, I think, just the antagonist. I think the antagonist is the part that threw me off, where it's like kind of felt like it was out of nowhere and had this like weird superiority complex about the the preservation of the dreamscape is being tainted by humans by this device that I funded. Like, what? What are you talking about? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Good movie. So pretty much no right, no no that. downside, but we gave it a ten. That's uh, that's your that's your Roger Ebert scale here, where we just decide things. <laughs> that's my goat, bro. <laughs> All right. So what's our what's our next movie recommendation, Ashton? So I am split between two. I don't know if I want to go more. Like All right, y'all. We heard it abstract. here. Split. We're watching the M Night Shyamalan no! or whatever no! sequel. Stop. We're watching Split. Stop. James McAvoy Stop. has 28 Stop. personalities Stop. in this hit feature I film swear from to God. 2017. Catch it I next week. I swear to God. I <laughs> swear right. to God. If we watch Split without watching Unbreakable first, I'm leaving the podcast. 
All right, go for it. Uh, I'm actually going to recommend The Green Knight. The Green Knight. Okay. Yeah. Damn, this guy's going for more heady shit. I actually really like this movie. I, I yeah. You've okay. seen it? I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't remember if I have. I feel like I have, but I also remember nothing. So Yo, I might not have. Brown representation. Fuck yeah. Even though it doesn't really Hell make yeah. sense in the world of film. But whatever. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I yeah I like this I like this movie a lot I'm glad he recommended it there's there's Good. a lot of um symbolism that we could talk through on this movie plus it's day 24 subtext? which means it's weird yeah symbolism subtext? and subtext <laughs> <laughs> all right that's the uh key key takeaway from this episode you know what else I haven't thought about but we've never done is we've never mm. ever done a documentary which would just be discussing the thing in the documentary but it's just, just yeah. I was know. gonna say. I feel like, how could you? How am I gonna discuss discuss the cinematography of a documentary? Right. It's it's Cheetos. kind of just an area of film that we're choosing to completely neglect. You know what? <laughs> For that, I'm gonna recommend one, but it's not gonna be one that you can expect. No, I don't even really want to watch a documentary. Like I don't nope. like documentaries. Nope. You're uh. You listen. <laughs> I bet you played too many mind games with me. All right, over I'm over not, the I'm how long trying. have we been doing? I'm just this? I'm just pointing it out. It's just like a fun little anecdote. All right, that's fine. <laughs> that ain't no problem. That ain't no problem. Just uh, expect uh, expect to talk about the oceans or centipedes next time. I don't even know what you're referring to, but whatever. <laughs> okay, I don't know. Just any documentary on anything random. Oh, I thought that that was a specific one you were dropping. No, no, no. To your like, I don't <laughs> no, know, the no. in- indecent truth or whatever that one about climate change was. Inconvenient truth. No. All right. Well, <laughs> next week we're watching Bowling from Columbine. Everybody tune in. <laughs> Great discussion there about guns in America. Really well thought out and really well explored mm. by two people knowledgeable on the subject after watching one mm. documentary. All right. Now, nah, but for real, go watch The Green Knight. It's actually like a. I am... You know, you should you should definitely watch it. It'll be an interesting discussion, hopefully. Yeah. And uh, you can find us on Twitter at Jump Cut FM. I don't we don't really tweet anymore because uh, we're kind of we're kind of over Twitter. So mainly follow our editor at Default Bird on Instagram at Blue Moon Paper on Instagram, Blue Moon dot Paper, Blue Moon Paper dot My Shopify dot com. I think mm. she might have My Shopify or no, she might have Blue Moon Paper dot com now. So check her out there as well. Um. And, you know, support us by uh, giving a flower to a person who's important in your life. Next time you go to the grocery store, buy an extra loaf of bread just to support us. Yeah. Every extra purchase of bread that you make goes directly into our pockets. (laughs) And use code HONEY for 25% off that bread (laughs) on your first purchase of a loaf. All right, yeah. I fucking hate Hell it. yeah. Gotta commodify everything. You can't have nice things around here anymore. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, y'all. It's, it's been, been real. real.